0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 127 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and I am very excited to welcome today's guest. She is a sociologist studying work-life fulfillment and happiness. As the author of two books, The Secrets to Happiness at Work and Bring Work to Life by Bringing Life to Work, she is also a contributor for Forbes.com and Fast Company, a Vice President of Workplace Insights with the Applied Research and Consulting Group at Steelcase. You're a busy woman. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tracy Brower. Uh, Thank (laughs) you so much.
1: I'm delighted to be here.
0: Yeah, we're very excited to have you. This is, it's been a big part of our company since the very beginning when we started eight years ago. And when I was reading up on your work and listening to a couple podcasts that you've been a part of, I was like, okay, we got to get her on because it's just it's such a big part of who we are in our culture. And I think it's such an important topic that has come to the forefront a little bit more in recent years, but very much did not used to be part of the conversation. And I'm glad to see that it has been. But I'm interested in learning more about like what brought you to this area and made you choose this area of expertise.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I love the work that you're doing. I can see it on your website and see it in all that I'm learning learning about you. So that's terrific. Yeah, thank you. I actually have lived the dream, right? Wife, mother, you know, all of the things, professional, career, managing, so many different sort of balls in the air, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that is what got me really interested in thinking about work and life and how those come together and that's what made me want to study that and I'm just fascinated by organizational culture over the years I've had the opportunity to work with so many organizations and so those things sort of set me up initially and then lately I think we've had such an incredible interesting intriguing difficult global conversation about work and life and you know how we navigate those and how we set priorities and how we think about happiness and whether or not work can be a source of happiness and i deeply believe that it can so those are some of the things that brought me both to the conversation about work life and the conversation about happiness at work and how we think about fulfillment and leadership and business ownership in that context
0: It's such important work because it's, we've all, or I think most of us have been at a workplace where you're just like, when you're in the thick of it, you saying work can be a source of happiness is like so alien because you're just like, how could anyone think that, especially like early on in my career, right? Because you just like take any job and a lot is expected of you. And there's like no talk or there didn't used to be of work-life balance. Like it's just you're expected to be here if you want to show your work ethic and, you know, so we've all had those experiences. And I I am so glad to see that there is this shift of acknowledging happiness does matter. and We need to talk about it. And it shouldn't just be, you know, you're working yourself into the ground for what? you know yeah
1: exactly exactly and i feel like there's such an important distinction between the content of our work and the fact that we're working and making mm. a contribution mm-hmm. right like all work is not intrinsically joyful right like <laughs> right. There are maybe things that i'm doing during the day that are not you know like totally lighting your me up your passion <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> but the fact that we're contributing the fact that we're showing up for other people the fact that we're doing good work for our customers even if it seems like really unexciting work for that day i think is still really relevant to, as a source of happiness cuz we're making a contribution, we're expressing our talents, we're doing work that matters, even Mm -hmm. if it's not that deeply intrinsically rewarding. In fact, my husband and I were just having this conversation the other night and we were saying, you know, especially early in our careers, we were, you know, we were burning the midnight. Hustling, yeah. You know, we were hustling, right. He used to do this work with, they were engineers in the automotive industry and they would be listening for rattles and noises during the Car ride, uh-huh. and so he used to be on this track, going around the track with new cars, literally sitting in the back seat, listening oh, for squeaks and rattles. And we were saying, you know, was that intrinsically joyful <laughs> for you? You know, sitting in the back seat of a car on a track, listening for the rattle. Right. No, probably not. Right. But it was important to the company. It's important to the business. It's important to his expression of commitment. So I just think there's a really important role that work plays in getting you out, getting into the community, working with others. And especially Mm -hmm. for business owners, you feel such ownership of that process and that experience as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, because it is kind of a unique perspective too when you own a business and you're responsible for setting that tone, that culture and acknowledging and balancing and it's so much that falls on your shoulders and it changes a lot going from that employee mindset of I, I have to take care of myself to now you're responsible for a team of people who rely on you, not only to keep the business going, but to keep the culture in a way that keeps people happy. You know, it's a lot to fall on your shoulders.
1: Yes, exactly. And there's so much new research on this. I just did an article not too long ago about some brand new research that 69% of people say that their leader has a greater influence on their mental health than their doctor or their therapist. Oh, wow. On on par with their partner. So it's like, oh, as if we needed any more pressure as as business owners, right? But (laughs) I think I think we can think about it as opportunity too, right? Like we can have a really positive impact on others.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I don't think that means we have to be perfect. I don't think that means we have to take on all the responsibility because actually when we're delegating, we're demonstrating through delegation that we trust other people, that we're empowering other people. But there is legitimately, you're thinking about how am I showing up and what messages am I sending? And At the same time you want to be authentic, you do also want to do your best to show up with kind of that positivity, even if you're going through difficulty, that we'll get through it and we'll buckle Mm -hmm. down, we'll roll up our sleeves together. So it is, I do see it as a a dynamic tension, right? Like you're never going to get rid of that tension between being authentic and delegating and empowering and taking responsibility and showing up really intentionally.
0: Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make too, is not only acknowledging the pressure because it, it does exist, but I've truly had some amazing leaders that I've looked up to and they were by no means perfect because no one is. But the opportunity to become someone's mentor and help them through tough times and coach them through things and help them learn. And, you know, there's so much opportunity there. So I think acknowledging the good side in addition to the pressure is, is important too because it's easy to just focus as a human right we all tend to focus on the negative and like trying to fix things but acknowledging that that positive side is important too
1: yeah i love that and there's actually wonderful data and evidence around a couple of those points that you were making and the link to happiness like when we stretch when we work hard, when we face challenges, that's actually super correlated with happiness. Not to the extent that we're struggling with our mental health, or we're so overwhelmed that we're no longer well, right? Like there is a, is a Goldilocks factor there. But when we're pressing hard and pushing hard and facing important challenges, that actually is a source of happiness. And so I think sometimes we can get into this narrative where, all stress is bad and it's great to remember that when we have that pressure of our own business, you know, that kind of rolling up your sleeves and working hard is can be very rewarding. That's one. And the yes. other thing I love that you talked about was mentoring others and guiding and influencing others. And that's another huge source of happiness is connection and generosity. When we focus on other people, when we give, when we try to help other people, that is very, very correlated with happiness. We don't have to solve their problems. We don't have to take on the responsibility of other people's well-being or where they're going with their career. But just paying attention and checking in and listening and guiding are really, really linked with happiness. And there's lots of evidence for that. So those are both, I think, important roles in that business ownership piece that are actually really important to consider
0: yeah well and and not only is it impacting your team it's impacting your clients as well right like this culture and and what you pay attention to and where you're putting your energy like that's going to reflect down to all the people that interact with your business
1: yes it's so true and there's that Beautiful sociological research that looks at experience and expectation. And, you know, most business leaders, business owners are sending messages about what do we value and what are our mission statements and how do we treat clients, right? We're doing that in public and we're doing that verbally and we're doing that on websites. Mm-hmm. And then people's experience has to either match or exceed that, right? Or they tend to be more dissatisfied because we kind of calibrate our satisfaction based on that expectation of what we've heard. Right. And we know like the way we treat people is the way that we end up treating customers and we end up kind of mirroring, it's like a pebble in the pond, right? The Mm -hmm. leader has an effect and the employees have an effect and so on.
0: Yeah that ripple effect. I know that's one of our partner, Jamie Johnson, that's like one of her favorite references is the the ripple effect of like, what is your action going to ultimately lead to, right? Like, because everything impacts the people around you. And that impacts the people in their life, you know, their families at home. And, you know, not only the clients, but we have to worry about our team's families. It just like, it, it doesn't really stop because what we do impacts so many different people. It's not just this linear thing of one person to one person.
1: Yes, actually. And there is sociological evidence for that as well. The science suggests that the number one way we learn as humans is by watching other people, listening to other people, experiencing other people. And so how we show up, we have more influence than we think. And as leaders people tend to kind of put a microscope on leaders and a mm. laser light on leaders yeah. right and so maybe you show up and you're oh, a little bit grouchy in the morning and people might think oh what's happening with the business or what have I done or yeah when really you just maybe didn't have your coffee exactly you just needed <laughs> another cup of coffee but I think that's that intentionality of leadership right yeah Where that's
0: a good point
1: And I think it's the empowerment for leaders and business owners, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. so much influence and employees in every role have so much influence, maybe more than they even realize, which I actually find to be super
0: empowering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, teams, especially when someone is like brand new to the company, or, you know, they they have maybe a, a lower starter level position, they tend to not understand the power that they hold when usually those are the people that are having the most contact with clients so they are usually the ones with the most power when it comes to like revenue and you know the big things that matter to the company so it's it that's an important distinction to make there too because no matter what role you have in the company you have such an important impact that you are able to provide to, to everybody around you. Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think that actually speaks to the importance of business owners communicating about purpose and kind of bigger culture, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. you're not just showing up to turn the crank, right? right? You're not just here to do this little thing. Your little thing is critically important in the chain of events, right? right. And that how we affect our clients and how we affect people and how we affect communities. And I think a leader can't remind people of that too much. I worked with a leader years ago and he used to say, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm not tired of hearing myself say it, I haven't said it enough. <laughs> Which I just was great, right?
0: That's such a good point though, because it's, that's actually something that I never really thought about with the leaders that I have admired, But they've made it a point to communicate how important everybody on the team is. Whereas I think that can get lost when a leader is maybe too overwhelmed or they don't, you know, they're, they're bogged down in their own work or don't understand the true impact of what they are saying. And they don't acknowledge that. Yes, that's, that's a really, I never made that connection. But you saying that just now, I'm like, oh, that actually, that is a trend of the people that I've looked up to is like, they communicate that. And it's not just assumed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think leaders can be sort of also
1: cognizant of their cultures because sometimes we have mm-hmm. roles which get a little bit more limelight, right? Like, like if we're an engineering company, we give the limelight to the engineers or yep. if we're a healthcare company, we give the limelight to the clinicians and right. everybody in all of the roles, no matter what kind of organization we have, is really, really critical. And so you're right, that reminding people and being really specific about how not just their role contributes to that bigger picture or that purpose, but also how they uniquely do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just that Mm -hmm. you're sitting in the seat, it's that you personally are sitting in the seat and doing this good work. So yeah, those are some of the pragmatic things I think leaders can do to remind people.
0: Well, and that's where that authenticity that you mentioned comes in too, because you can't just say it without meaning it. Because that that you're losing the trust of the person there. Like, if I can tell that you're just saying it to check a box on your weekly or daily checklist, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. So you you have to truly care about your team and the people that you're leading too. And that's where I think some people have it, and some people have to work a little harder at it. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's true. And, you know, it it reminds me of really that importance of presence for leaders, right? The idea that one of the ways you can be authentic and one of the ways you can kind of be planfully redundant about reminding people and checking in with people and all of that without seeming condescending or like, oh, I'm just checking the box, Mm -hmm. is if you're really present, right? You're tuned in, you're watching for maybe they're having a good day or a bad day. You're asking questions. Mm -hmm. And that presence, that proximity of the leader, even if you're checking in virtually with IMs or DMs or, you know, wormholes or whatever, those are all really, really good ideas. And give you, I think, more license to do that checking in and give you more license for it to feel more natural because you have a basis for the relationship through that presence and interaction regularly rather than, oh, it's Tuesday. I better check
0: in with, you know, Josie. Right, well, <laughs> so. and your employee is just waiting. Oh, it's Tuesday at one o'clock. About to get that call. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. they that's, scheduled me oh, in. <laughs> that's right. So and so just check the box for the week. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So if a leader kind of struggles with with this aspect and hasn't implemented that, Is there a way that you suggest that that they start doing it that can help them be more present? Because maybe they have a hard time, you know, they have so many things going on. Their inbox is constantly popping up with things. They've got a million things on their calendar. It is hard to be present in today's world with all the notifications that we get. But how do you recommend like starting to do that if that's not a part of your company culture?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, And there's been so much press lately on companies who are eliminating meetings Mm. which I actually really, really worry about. Like if we're doing meetings for their own sake, by all means, eliminate them. But I actually think that regular cadence of contact is really, really smart. So if leaders Mm. aren't already doing one-on-ones with people once a week, every other week, every three weeks you need more of that when people are new or if they're new in a role, even if they're not new. But that regular cadence, that way if something comes up, you're not ooh, calling a meeting to talk about it. You right. just get it on the calendar, right? And you don't have right. to fill the time if you don't need it. But I think that cadence and that regularity are a really big deal. Another thing that we underestimate the importance of, two additional things. One is just that chatter that tends to happen at the beginning of meetings when we come together, right? Because mm-hmm. meetings aren't just for the sake of updating. If we're collaborating, if we're brainstorming, if we need to get brains in a room, it makes sense to get together. Mm-hmm. And you know how it, sometimes we can be tasky, like, okay, let's get right to the agenda because that's right. the way that we've we been trained to, to do. Leaders. Yeah. We've got a lot to do. Let's be we can't waste the Yep. Can't waste time, but there's some really great research that when people feel more connected at a relational level, they actually follow through more effectively on tasks. So that beginning of the meeting stuff about, hey, how was your weekend? Or hey, what about that heat wave? Or hey, you got the new puppy? How's that going? Yeah, that stuff actually contributes to our better work together. We'll be happier. To Interesting. Get we'll feel more connected, but also we actually will get better work done. So I think that give a little bit of that time for chatter is not a bad thing. And then the other thing that leaders can do really pragmatically is to give people assignments on tasks across boundaries. Like we tend to think that the best bonding comes through, you know, social activities, right? So Mm we go do our social things, either virtually or face-to-face in person, but really the best bonding comes through sharing tasks together, sharing mutual goals, solving problems together, facing challenges together. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of things, when leaders can be intentional about checking in, not checking up, but checking in. When leaders can be intentionally about linking team members, not just linking team members with them, but linking team members with each other using those assignments or tasks or responsibilities. That's also just a really practical thing that leaders can do to keep people bonded together and keep them engaged.
0: Yeah, I like that. And as somebody who's not a big fan of meetings, I'm one of those people that I'm like, please, could we eliminate them? But I I completely see the need like, because it allows you to see kind of the person's baseline too. So, you know, intrinsically if, oh, they're having a good day or, oh, they're having a bad day. I need to check in on them, you know, ask more questions, get more curious. like not to be nosy, but just to check in on the person and, and make sure that everything's okay and good. So while I hate meetings, I see the value and, and see what, you, what you're saying, but they are, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, show me know. a person that likes no. a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and that has a lot to do with like, why are we meeting? And how are we meeting? There's a mm-hmm. bad, hits. maybe we just need to not call it meetings anymore. And we're gathering together. Over yeah, I weekend.
0: think we need a different word. Just hearing the yeah. word makes me cringe just after being, you know, in office jobs for this long. And not that yeah. we have bad meetings. It's just, you know, just, uh, yeah, I don't know what well, it is.
1: I think, the, I think the other thing to know, we've in our society, outside of work, we've elevated convenience over connection. Right? Mm, like we just don't yeah. talk to people. Social media the very much. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah. we, we order on the app. We don't really talk to the barista, or we get the delivery at our house. We don't really talk to the checkout person. Mm-hmm. And so, work hasn't. Elevated and expanded role in helping us to just feel connected and less lonely and less disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so, when we're together, you said it like we just get to check in on each other. And okay. when we're more familiar with people, it's easier to make friends. We find more similarities with them because we okay. learn more about them, and we tend to be more accepting of people when they feel more familiar to us. Right. So that process of just being together doing meaningful work not just like being together for the sake of it right. it's actually also really really helpful for our well-being and our mental health and the you know way that we engage in the way that we perform
0: so yeah, there are that. some of those good benefits yes yeah again There's focus non-members. on the positives <laughs> not the go. negatives <laughs> that's right So, I mean, we're, we're giving a a bunch of great tips in this episode and I, I'm loving all of this because I think it's, it's really valuable to, to stand back. And we actually just had a podcast where we talked about giving and receiving feedback. And I was talking in that one about, I get, I tend to be very task oriented. So I'm one of those people where when we get in the meeting, I want to get stuff done. I'm like, okay, here's the agenda. Let's talk about it, you know? And I kind of have to remind myself to like step back. And I always enjoy connecting once we do it. But it's like one of those things where I have to, again, be present and kind of like take a breath because I just, you know, want to cross things off the list. I want to get things done. I want to move things forward. So I think that's one of the things that personally I need to work on. But as a business owner, what else would you recommend for your managers or your leadership team in helping make this easier? across the board as an organization?
1: I actually think it's not just about kind of, oh, sitting back and being more relaxed. I really, really embrace accountability, getting mm-hmm. things done. Like mm-hmm. when we perform well, when we feel like our work is really mattering, that is also super correlated with happiness. That yeah. has to do with esteem. And I also think it has to do when we hold people accountable, we're sending a message that their work actually matters. Like yeah. I actually need I you to complete this, right? Yes. Like this is not just, oh, we're going to sit around and eat bonbons together. So I really do love that task orientation, that focus on, let's get some things done. Let's, right. So I think we should also give leaders permission to do that. And I think there's a backlash right now against some of that, where we want sort of a kinder, gentler approach. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, kinder, gentler really does look like holding people accountable and letting them know they matter. So right. I think with deal. And I think what leaders can, you were asking more about, like what can leaders, business leaders do? I think they can be focusing on giving people choice as much as possible, right? So we want to get stuff done. We've got certain tasks and we want consistency and processes. That's a function of really healthy cultures, one of the functions of really healthy cultures. But also the right amount of choice and autonomy is also super smart for leaders to give people not just because of all that's going on in the popular press, but because when people have more choice about when they work, where they work, how they work, what they work on, who they work with, that actually contributes to their levels of engagement, their levels of well-being, their levels of happiness. And interestingly, there's some research that when people face lots and lots of pressure in their work, when they have more power over their decision-making, the pressure actually doesn't have negative effects on them. Really? If they have lots and lots of pressure and don't feel like they have a lot of control, that is when well-being tends to suffer. Now, the caveat with all of that is different work can afford different amounts of choice. So it's not all choice all the time. It's right. it's the choice that you can provide in any one role. If you've got a receptionist, you're not going to give the receptionist the option to work from home. But there may be ways you can flex some of the other things that I mentioned. So I think yeah. if we if we try to think creatively about choice, if we try to think creatively about giving people more control within the context of accountability, within the context of responsibility, within the context of their performance. I think that's a really good thing that business leaders can start to think about it as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, I feel like this episode is just packed full of amazing information. And I want to encourage our listeners to Search out for your books, like I mentioned. We'll link to them in this episode, which can be found, the show notes, can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 127. And those books, again, are The Secrets to Happiness at Work and Bring Work to Life by Bringing Life to Work because there's a ton more information in there that is well beyond what we can provide in a 30-minute podcast episode for you all. As we wrap up, is there anything else that you think is going to provide value for leaders as they're facing this challenge and all of the changes that we've seen over the past couple years?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. There's also a wonderful resource on steelcase.com, lots and lots of research on what people want from work. Oh, perfect. You can also look at my website, tracybrower.com. I've got lists of all of the things I've written and actually buckets of research on things like future of work and leadership, oh, well-being, how to create community. So leaders can go there and look for just really pragmatic solutions. The other thing that I would say is that it's a great moment to be a leader. It's lots of pressure, but when leaders just show up and do their best, I think nobody's looking for perfection as right. much as popular press might point to that. Yeah. I think mean, people just want to know that leaders really care and they're really committed to their business and committed. To that employee experience, so I think we just need to encourage leaders that the stakes are high, but the opportunities are high in terms of just the great influence they can have, and just doing their best is really a great. Doing your best is really enough. So, right. uh, so I think we can reassure leaders with that.
0: That's. Yeah, that's wonderful, because I think we all tend to convince ourselves that that's not the case. We have to be perfect in order to have a successful business and have everybody be happy. And so I love that. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode and sharing all of that wealth of knowledge with our community. I'm sure we'll we'll get a great response from you know all the people that are listening in. And I was so excited for the, today's conversation. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thanks for
0: having me. I appreciate it. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast.
1: If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.